Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome into episode 30 of Kayfabe Council, the show where we review and critique news topics and segments of the world of professional wrestling. My name is Pretty Tony, and alongside me, as always, is TF Joker. Joker, what's the crack, brother? What's going on? It's, it's Saturday before I knew it, PT. Saturday before I knew it. Didn't realize that, you know, on the weeks leading up to Christmas, sometimes the week just vanished. Last thing I remember is we were doing last week's episode, and now it's this week's episode. What's going on? It's getting the end of the year. We're going to be hitting the summer solstice soon. We'll be having the shortest amount of daylight possible. So maybe the days seem shorter because of such. Mm. Either that or I've just slept an awful lot this week. Who's to know? That could be one of those things. If you have the opportunity, now might be a good time to kind of catch up on some rest and stuff before the new year starts. Potentially thinking about winding down your year for those that partake, perhaps planning out and maybe getting involved in some resolutions. So folks might be busy in the new year coming forward. Are you thinking about potentially starting something anew in the new year, Joker? Nah, I can never. I don't know if 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 you have this problem, but like I make a new year's resolution. And then I never stick to it. Like I'll 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 be good for maybe January. And then you know, that's it. Like my my, my resolutions have never been go to the gym because everybody knows that, you know, gyms in January make a lot of money because of the amount of people that make that particular resolution. But no, my resolutions just tend to be more walk more or do this more, do X, Y, Z more, you know. And then in February, I'm just like, no, I can't be bothered anymore. Just so I, I won't be doing that. I think I'm just going to, uh, I think I'm just going to pass this year, like I have the last couple of years. What about yourself? I don't particularly subscribe to the notion of a resolution. I think it's one of those maybe in the vein of yourself trying to make sort of simpler goals and things that would sort of better my overall life and health and and things of such like for me it's one of those where if i want to sort of make a change i'm like why not just maybe start like today or tomorrow then as opposed to like maybe a couple weeks when when the calendar clicks over so it's one of those i I try to kind of keep it simple and not sort of make these grandiose pieces but that's sort of my way of thinking yeah i completely get where you know people like wipe it off uh, why put off something that you can do today? Like I, I completely get that line of thinking, but there are also people out there that are like myself that go, it's sort of a mental block for them that they have to do uh, it a specific way. So yeah, completely valid, valid reason. Don't you know put off till tomorrow what you can do today? Like completely valid reason. I would do something, um, but maybe maybe you just have to do it from the start of a month because you're that way mentally inclined like it has to be at a point in time i control going so i can you know monitor it completely get that for me yeah mine mine's just like i'm just gonna not eat as much junk food that's fair 
I'll just not go to the shop today. <laughs> but maybe it's also contributed by, it's too cold outside, I'm not going to go and do that. Totally understood. Trying to make changes, trying to make sort of alterations. You know, life's changing, and so is there's changes in the world of professional wrestling as well. We think about it's been quite the week of interesting stories coming out, interesting things happen. Uh, documentaries are kind of coming out. News is coming out. We've had a title change. We had folks leaving. We've had folks wanting to come back. We've had a return as well. So quite the up and down week, as it were, in the world of professional wrestling. Yeah, for one company more than the other. Uh, there have possibly been a lot of downs. Um, yeah, there's an awful lot of weird news, news that you wouldn't have expected to come out, and uh, disappointing news as well at the same time. Yeah, a lot going on, but we appreciate folks hanging with us today, and hopefully as your year winds down with some of the changes that are going on with your life, you can uh, think about what's going on with yourself as well as the world of professional wrestling and come along on this journey alongside with us. All right, as a reminder, you can find us in video form at youtube.com slash Council and in audio form wherever you get your podcasts from. On this week's episode, we look at the journey of Bray Wyatt's return. So with that, The journey of Bray Wyatt's return. Lots of things have happened with the nature of the man that is a Bray Wyatt. He was gone for a little bit. Now he's back. And it's been the interesting journey that we've seen him go on as he's returned to us in the world of professional wrestling. We've had an interesting development on this past week's episode of SmackDown. Stories unfolding. I aforementioned return in the opening segment, but it's been quite the ride so far. So when we're thinking about the journey of Bray Wyatt, and specifically Bray Wyatt's return, like I mentioned, it's been quite the ride. And I'll fill you in a little bit. Beginning on September 19th episode of Monday Night Raw, video of a game of hangman being played question that was asked was quote who killed the world and over the course of the next three weeks we'd get a series of qr codes and cryptic messages and videos continuing the mystery that has become known as the white rabbit for those interested for a more in-depth look at the Clues and the White Rabbit mystery itself, feel free to check out episode 21 of Kayfabe Council, where we do quite the in-depth analysis and dive into what the White Rabbit mystery was. We flash forward to October 8th at Extreme Rules after the Seth Rollins-Matt Riddle fight pit match. As the pay-per-view was ending, Bray Wyatt makes his return to WWE. A week later on October 14th episode of SmackDown, Wyatt returned to the brand to address the crowd until he was interrupted by a video of a masked character. On the October 28th episode of SmackDown, Wyatt was again interrupted by the masked character who dubbed himself 
Uncle Howdy. And we flash forward to November 11 on SmackDown. Wyatt interrupted LA Knight's backstage interview and headbutted him, resulting in a feud between the two. Now on November 18, SmackDown, Knight slapped Wyatt so that he can be, quote, even. Later on in the night, Knight himself is discovered trapped under a pile of rubble somewhere backstage. Now we're getting to the November 25th episode of SmackDown. Bray says he knows what people want to see out of him. They just want to see the monster. Bray wants to be truthful, and he is not the one that attacked L.A. Knight. Now we're into December, the December 2nd episode of SmackDown. Wyatt says he's not the one that hurt L.A. Knight, and if he was the one, we'd all know because there'd be none of L.A. Knight left. Now on to the December 9th episode of uh, SmackDown. L.A. Knight runs footage of him being extracted from the wreckage and then of himself being interviewed right before. He points out the Uncle Howdy mask in the doorway. He gets another slice of footage and again points out the mask. We go backstage with L.A. Knight. Stalking the halls, he opens a staff office door and revealed a locker room where he finds one of Wyatt's shirt on a hanger. The lights go out, he gets his phone out, turns the light on, and Uncle Howdy is there as it fades to black. So as we've seen, Ray Wyatt, with a sort of grandiose viral marketing Peace, which we all figured would be him, turns out to be him, returns in October at Extreme Rules, and we've seen through October and November and now to December, we've seen Bray cutting promos, and now into a bit of a feud and a bit of a interesting connection with LA Knight. So Joker, I throw it over to you. What have your thoughts been and your impressions of the journey of Bray Wyatt's return? You know, interesting is a very special word to use there because it's a very polite word for how I find to be something that started off intriguing but is now falling very, very flat. I remember whenever we talked about this initially, uh, and I do, I do like to see whenever we, whenever we talk about uh, the storylines and, and the, the plot points of, of things that are going forward, I like to revisit things and see, has it hit, has it missed, is it still going, is it good, is it bad? And I remember saying that it would be really, really good if we only saw Bray Wyatt cut that real-life promo once. You only need to see that once from him, he only needs to come out and address the fans. And for the next four or five weeks, we got the same promo. Give or take a few few different words changed here and there. Maybe his location in the building changed as well. And he kept telling us how he was really, really angry. Uh, and he was a vicious person and all this here. His initial 
his initial sort of viral marketing campaign that you you touched on there um was a very poorly kept secret like everybody knew that it was going to be bray wyatt it would, it would have been a dis at some point it got to the point where if it wasn't bray wyatt and i think we touched on this before as well everybody would be disappointed so we kind of built ourselves up to expect him and him alone so I thought that it was really, really cool to see something brand new and different and, and uh, a change from the vignettes that you would have seen. It's like, you know, uh, such and such is coming, Veer is coming, and he never came for about 14 months, and um, that was, you know, weird. Um, so it was really, really cool to see the, the change. And then he gets here, and everybody loses their mind. And I I was impressed by the way that he uh, made his entrance, the way that he came to the ring, the way he let everything breathe, the way he did the things that he did. And I wouldn't put myself as like a huge Bray Wyatt like super fan, but I am interested in his ability to play these characters. And I think he is one of the best character wrestlers that we have seen in a long time. I think that the characters he has played before have been fantastic. He gets the way his characters are meant to be if VKM did not. Um, so the fact that we have had this sort of run of uh, CM promo after CM promo or similar promo after similar promo is leaving me feeling a little bit let down. Like, you're not giving me anything new. You're telling me, it wasn't me, it wasn't me for two weeks. Like, okay, cool, yeah. But, you know, we can tell on the screen that it is, you know, your voice. We can tell that that is you. We know it's you. So what are you doing? Like, is this an alter ego thing? Is this a fiend thing? Like, come on, just get on with it. Stop giving us the same thing. It's getting a bit boring. And I am not one for this long tease if all you're going to show me is the same thing over and over again expect me to be grateful you know what i mean you have to give me a little breadcrumb every so often if you're not going to give me that little breadcrumb and you're just going to give me the same same thing over and over and over again expect me to enjoy it it's not going to happen and whenever they added in la night i was like okay cool this is a new part how are we going to see this we did the same thing again for two or three weeks. Like, so far, I have went from really, you know, ambivalent to super excited to confused to where the hell are we going. That has been my sort of roller coaster so far, and I really hope to see some acceleration with these characters real soon. I'm thinking back to the pop itself at the end of Extreme Rules, mm. the crowd in the arena, and the IWC just went ballistic over Bray's return. Part of it is in due to the nature of how they presented the mystery of the White Rabbit, the aforementioned you alluding to sort of the worst kept secret of the latter portions of this year. Folks were thinking and expecting it to be Bray, so we kind of uh, worked ourselves into a shoot, brother. So if it wasn't Bray, we would have been disappointed, sort of thing like that. Now, 
it's one of those where in the nature of the internet age and the sort of social media age, you alluded to the fact that you have excitement, you were trying to figure out sort of what's going on, the nature kind of, I guess, in the process of the slow build. As I looked back in sort of my notes and researching this piece, the campaign itself or the sort of buildup really was about three weeks. For me, I guess maybe in felt like it was longer. And I know sort of when we were in the moment as it was happening, our concerns were let's let's not have this drag on so folks get tired of it and get sick of it. So it ends up being roughly the guts of three weeks. And now we have Bray for now essentially the this latter portion of October. November, so let's just call it a, roughly about two months' time, has been cutting promos, and a little bit more recently has interacted with LA Knight. To be fair, it's been roughly, let's just call it eight, maybe nine weeks of television. Maybe because of, in our minds, the buildup of the, the, the vignettes, uh, we'll just call it that, and sort of the mystery there, and Bray's just promo work. It's felt a little longer, to your point. Where I'm going with this is, of course, we would love to see some long-term storytelling, but we definitely want to feel like stories are progressing. And to your point, are we feel like we're running in place a little bit? I don't know. We don't know where this is going. So maybe if they gave us a little bit more, we'd feel a little bit interested and, and slightly not disassociated but i'm i'm picking up what you're throwing down it's uh i feel like we want the next breadcrumb as you put it in whatever this story is yeah and uh i remember something that you had said actually whenever we were talking about the length of the initial promos as well as a girl uh i think we were still the start of october you said halloween is on a Monday. Do you think we could continue on with these promos? And I legitimately had a panic attack. I was like, no, PT, don't even put that into the world. What are you doing? Um, so thankfully, we didn't have to wait that long. But um, yeah, uh, that, that was definitely something that I just you know popped into my head as well. Yeah, so we see the the nature of kind of what i termed we worked ourselves into a sheet brother we have this grandiose idea of what the reveal was supposed to be in our minds and what it is and it turned out to be that it turned out to bray for all lack of purpose we've had him just cut promos essentially which you know like you mentioned great character work he has a way of being eloquent enough to just be able to you know, capture people with just kind of the things he says. And he has this manner of just speaking that, that grabs and, and holds people and makes them want to pay attention. But his, the criticism sometimes on Bray is when he has longer promos, we kind of get lost in that storytelling, the sort of narration of it. And it uh, potentially has notions to fall into bollocks, which... To be fair, some of his a little bit more cryptic ones are just, there are folks who have been criticized like, what, what is he even talking about? So 
He's cleaned mm. up that nature of it and is speaking a little bit more directly and slightly less cryptic, but there are cryptic elements in it. That notwithstanding, I think folks are glad he's back, but to your point, wanting to see what's next. Yeah, definitely. I, I understand that whenever he was released um, all that many moons ago, he actually went to work on a movie of his. Um, now, him being the storyteller that he is, probably had a lot of fun with that. And like you said, whenever he came back, he was doing these cryptic promos, probably still thinking that he was having to tell this long-form story. Whereas an awful lot of promos are call and response. Some of them are monologue, um, but none of them require you to tell us like a super long cryptic piece. There is the uh, call and response to the crowd. There is maybe a little bit of talky talk about what you need to do, and then maybe get interrupted, maybe call someone out, maybe do something else. There's 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 a sort of formula to the way people do things. Uh, with normal promos, and Bray does not fit that mold, which makes him great. Except for whenever he does kind of just keep going on. He and I share that uh, facet of being able to talk and say nothing at all, but I just I become really hyper-aware whenever I keep hearing the same things over and over and over again. And it it didn't paint a good look on someone who I thought we would maybe have two to three weeks of these uh, promos and then hopefully see some progress. An awful lot of an awful lot of rumors, an awful lot of uh, potential story beats have, have kind of fallen by the wayside, gone, forgotten. Um, and I, I don't know how I feel about them. Um, I really don't know how I feel about this version of Bray Wyatt right now. Seems fair. We're all sort of looking to see what happens next. And speaking of what happens next, Rob Fee, WWE's creative director of long-term creative storytelling, sends out a tweet on December 15th, the day before SmackDown, which reads, and I quote, I wouldn't miss SmackDown this week, don't say I didn't warn you. A little bit of that, if I may be apologetic, a little bit of uh, some Vince Russo shenanigans going on. Bro, check out SmackDown this week, bro. Something's going to happen. You don't want to miss it, bro. Before I get into the segment itself, Joker with the expectations, did this live down to expectations? Oh, oh, okay. Hmm. The expectations of from Vince, uh, sorry, um, Rob Fee. Um, I had none to begin with. Okay. I was like, I'm going to watch SmackDown. I'm going to be doing this here, that, and the other. Then I saw the tweet and I was like, oh, wait, he does stuff with, with the Bray. Something. Something. Exactly. Fingers were crossed. I was like, the whole reason for this story today that we're talking about was the fact that, you know, I was kind of getting a bit of sick of Bray and I wanted to see some sort of thing going on. I was like, we're getting news. We're getting development. This is fantastic. So I maybe hyped myself up a bit much. And then I saw the segment and I was like, 
oh, is that what we're doing? I I don't know if I was let down or if maybe I had built myself up a bit too much. I was like, oh, we're going to see some stuff. You know, there, there'd be a really long uh, segment at the end or um, at the beginning, which would be super good. And I was just... <sighs> My expectations were too high, PT, because of Rob Fee's tweet. Fair enough. Rob Fee... Putting the old, the straw that stirs the drink, if you wheel. Oh. So after Rafi's tweet on Thursday, we flash forward to SmackDown on Friday. LA Knight is in the ring and on the microphone. Knight tells the crowd to shut up because he has business to do. For the last few weeks, he's been blindsided and cheap-shotted at every turn, but he's still here knocking on Bray Wyatt's door. But all Bray has done since coming back is talk a bunch of gobbledygook, dress like a clown, and blindside him backstage. Knight doesn't buy Bray's It wasn't me. Talk. He tells him to put on whatever mask and costume he needs to do, call himself whatever, and walk down here so he can get stomped out. Enter Bray Wyatt. No mask, no costume. Bray says he's sick and tired of this game. Bray knows Knight doesn't believe him, and he understands why. But he's barking up the wrong tree. Bray hasn't touched Knight, and deep down, they both know how this story ends. Bray will give Knight one last chance to deliver his message, and he'd better deliver it good and deliver it right. Knight blindsides Bray as he gets into the ring and puts boots to him until a video plays on the Tron. Uncle Howdy appears and asks what he's done and if Knight wants to see something really scary. Knight goes right back to putting boots on Bray and the entryway fills with smoke. Uncle Howdy is here. He tips his hat and grabs his lapels and laughs and laughs, the laughter echoing around the arena as L.A. Knight slides out of the ring, scared. Joker, your thoughts? So obviously this, this is meant to be a huge character reveal of who actually attacked L.A. Knight, and I like this. I, li I like the fact that we have someone separate how we're not dwelling on this um, uh, mental manifestation of the voices inside Bray's head, how, uh, how the previous character was. The previous character was this uh, sort of kind Saturday morning cartoon show host uh, who let the fiend in and was then possessed by him. Um, I feel like if we were going that way again, I'd be a little bit disappointed. Um, I do like this physical manifestation. I think it's fantastic. However, I did have a bit of a chuckle whenever he grabbed the lapels and did, you know, the jiggle whenever you laugh. You can always tell when someone is not actually laughing or trying to fake laugh because it just looks 
freaking weird. Like, he just kind of, I don't know, sh- shrugged his shoulders a little bit. And it felt out of sync with the audio of the laughter. You have to pantomime. Remember, this is wrestling. You got to play to oh, no, the folks, 100% in, you do. folks to, in row Z. Oh no, 100% you do. Obviously he didn't come out and like just have a microphone and laugh into it or something like this here. I, I completely get it. He was supposed to be uh, pantomiming along with the audio file. That's complete. But that, just that little bit, if he didn't do that, I feel like I'd have been okay. But that kind of brought me out of it. I was just like, okay, I like this. It's really fun. Do not make me wait three weeks to find out who Uncle Howdy is. Do not do it, Rob Fee. Because you will you will kill the character, you will kill the momentum that you're trying to kickstart here. And for me, I will just stop caring. An interesting notion we saw on the night of Extreme Rules back in October 8th just before Bray's reveal in the entryway, we had physical manifestations of the Firefly Funhouse character. Huskus the Pig, Abby the Witch, things of such. So this isn't the first time we've seen these sort of physical characters itself. And we've seen now that this Uncle Howdy character, or caricature, is now sort of in the flesh, as it were. Now, we've seen, obviously, Bray was in the ring with uh, Mr. Los Angeles Knight, and we saw Howdy in the piece. So there were notions of this whole, when Bright Wyatt came back, this nature of, or notion, rather, of the Wyatt Six. And this basically alluded to sort of the, the sort of characters that he's played and or been associated with before. Again, we saw the physical manifestation of those characters in the thing. The rumors were, were these going to be sort of separate sort of uh, physical characters, maybe played by wrestlers and or actors that would sort of be a stable piece, or would these be different sort of personalities? So although that notion may not be fully fledged out or... We don't know maybe if that's going to be something specific. We're seeing that maybe this is a, a little smoke and mirrors. Oh, oh, we're only smoke and mirrors. And or it could be something these. But I do appreciate in the fact that we have, as you mentioned before, a little breadcrumb. We're seeing progress. Is it the progress we wanted to see? Maybe for some it was and maybe for some it wasn't. But the notion of we talked about it before with the Rob Fee tweet, a little maybe showmanship, a little playing us up, a little uh, Vince Russo esque promotion, if you will. The nature of expectations versus reality. So, who's to say? But I've seen just in the peripheral, folks liked it and folks didn't like it in terms of the internet wrestling community. As the nature with anything, but Joker, I have to say, we got something. So it moved forward, even if we moved forward a little bit. Yeah, 100%. Um, to your point there as well, like the people who liked it will be Bray Wyatt fans. Um, you have these wrestlers, CM Punk, Sasha Banks, etc., Roman Reigns, um, John Cena, 
who have rabid fan base. A fan base that, regardless what they do, they will love uh, their favorite wrestlers. Um, and Bray Wyatt is, you know, at one extreme of those ends, um, where his characters, his, his, his fans absolutely love him. Um, and there are people out there, his detractors, who will always hate him. I am firmly in the middle. I, I really enjoy his character work, like I've said before. Um, his his ability to entertain is honestly second to none. Uh, I think he does have what it takes to be in the WWE specifically. Um, he does uh, the, the the spooky stuff, uh, to put it politely. Um, but he does reined in WWE version of it. I think Impact does like the most weird, spooky stuff um, really out there for, for your wrestling entertainment. If you want some actual spooky stuff, go and watch Impact. Um, that's a wee bit too spooky for me, not as in scary, it's just as in too outlandish and weird and, you know, takes me out of it. Um, but he does it really, really well. So... <sighs> That being said, the the fans that don't like that are super loud. He can't wrestle. There's no point in his spooky stuff. This is supposed to be a wrestling company. Why are you talking so much? This, that, and the other. These, these are just small things that I've seen and heard uh, about uh, about this um, about this particular person, this this Bray Wyatt. Um, but you know. Every good entertainment personality has always had the issue of loud fans who don't like them making noise. John Cena, Five Moves of Doom. Everybody hated John Cena. Oh, Roman Reigns is being pushed down our throats for the umpteenth time. Boo him out of the building. Not even The Rock can get him over. Like, you know, there's there's so many issues with so many wrestlers. You just have to put everybody who's loud and shouting and going, eh, he can't wrestle to the side because neither can they. So why would you listen to people who can't really do anything anyway? Um, so I really like his ability to tell stories inside and outside of the ring, and I will give him that time to do that to a point. They do have to get there. It's much like we're big fans of the Bloodline, particularly Sammy, J Sammy and Jay uh, storyline up until, you know, the recent developments and stuff. Like, I was getting a bit steel on that until they made developments. I will like something if it has a development and a purpose and a reason for being. If it doesn't, surplus to requirements, it doesn't need to be on my TV screen, and the wrestler maybe needs to go back and find something else. It's the nature of folks, no matter how well-loved or how divisive you are, there's going to be fans on both sides of the aisle. There are going to be fans that are really, really boisterous and, and enjoy and are pro this person or the storyline. And there's going to be detractors, like you mentioned, that are against and will be loud on the other side of the aisle and detract from them. So... It's tough in the sense of you're not always going to be able to please everyone all the time. To that end, it's the nature of sports entertainment. We do have where we've seen now under the new regime, under Papa H, 
we've seen a lot more wrestling, which is fantastic. So I think it's one of those are folks that are being engaged with more wrestling segments and have enjoying the wrestling itself. But there are notions like we talked about this sort of whole piece with Bray. Bray's sort of been a little bit of an island unto himself, and he's, like we've mentioned, since his return in October, he's just cut promos. He has not wrestled, which is interesting for the character. And, you know, for me, all I'll say to to a certain point, I can't knock a person who, you know, if he's be able to get paid and just work and be creative and not have to wear and tear on his body, more power to the guys and girls being able to to kind of do that. I'm not I'm not throwing shade. That's just that's really really good. It helps with long term longevity in the business. Not again for your physical piece and then helping with them creative notions. Now, to your point as well, we talked about Bray and sort of the nation of the notion rather of eight or nine weeks of promos. Okay, let's we got a little bit of now we introduced LA Knight into it. Okay, so backstage shenanigans, some attacks, we're moving, we're sort of inching the story forward, the, the sort of longer term story as opposed to the prior regime's little bit of chaotic week to week, things happen, they don't even kind of make sense. So a little bit of, a little bit of give and take here, but, and we, and before mentioned with the bloodline, we've been enjoying the overall story arcs. We were getting a little bit of, okay, it's kind of slowed down. Okay, it's something new. It piqued my interest. So we want to see stuff kind of gonna go and stories progress and keep us interested. Because at the end of the day, if it's exciting or if we're intrigued, we're going to tune in and be interested into these stories and these people. But where I'm going with this is it's been brought up recently in sort of the wrestling sphere. And it's been mentioned the nature of fickle fans. If I'm not mistaken, MJF mentioned this particular notion of folks kind of being on your side at the moment, and then maybe the new shiny toy or, or something comes uh, comes along, and you are yesterday's trash, so you will. The little piece of uh, Family Guy, James Woods, ooh, piece of candy. Let me run over there, or jingling keys. I completely <laughs> have my attention speared over. So the point of folks were excited for what we thought was going to be Bray, turned out to be Bray, crazy big pop at the pay-per-view, folks were excited for that first promo. I think folks are allowed to be interested or get disinterested, it's okay, but now we're seeing a little bit of that waning. I think what it comes down to is maybe most of the folks are wanting to see what happens next. Yes. And that is the main thing. Um, fans are always going to be fickle. Fans will always want that next big thing, like to your point, 100%. Because they have a short memory. Once they've seen it, they've seen it. And it has to be interesting for them to want to continue to see it. Consider a high flyer like Ricochet who is constantly doing all these big moves, you know, he's super exciting. Michael Cole calls him the highlight of the night. Compare him to someone who works a safe, rest-hold style of wrestling, like Randy Orton, who has been called boring over his period of time. He works a safe, uh, 
low impact style where he incorporates yes but it incorporates a lot of rest holds and people just get bored of it but at the start of his career it was fantastic and over the period of time people will get but he continues to do it because he's the bad guy and he continues to have relevant stories make him look lethal and make him look big and powerful so whenever you have somebody like bray who's played a big powerful juggernaut of a character like the fiend and you get rid of him in such a weird vkm doesn't understand this story anymore so let's put it out in the biggest blaze of glory and goofiness um that we can do and then fire the guy because i don't see idiom um you know whenever you see a guy that has played that character come back cut promo after promo after promo saying the same thing it's like you know i'm 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 a very bad person uh, you know, but I'm trying to be good, but I probably, you know, I'd probably enjoy it if I was bad again, you know, this, that, and the other. I'm not going to be sorry about it, blah, 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 blah. So he hasn't done anything yet, which is what people want to happen. It's like that kid in The Incredibles. It's like whenever he turns up, I don't know if you've seen The Incredibles now, PT, but it's a wee kid's movie. And this wee kid rock, rocks up to this superhero's house and, you know, the superhero just turns around and goes, what do you want? It's like, I don't know, something amazing to happen i guess it's like you know he's just waiting for something to happen you know what i mean you somebody might get it out there i'm not the only one that's seen the incredible but um it's just one of those things we're just waiting for something amazing to happen because we have these people who are not huge characters they're just bigger versions of themselves. You've got the Braun Strowmans, the Ricochets, the Roman Reigns, the Sami Usos. You've got whoever else out there in La La Land. But you do have this one guy who continually plays a character and doesn't feel like he's playing anything but an amazing character. And that's Bray Wyatt. So we want that to happen. We don't want this to be a flash in the pan sort of meh flop you know picking up what you're throwing down let me pivot here just slightly and we see the nature of la knight and bray themselves two very sort of diametrically opposed but very charismatic characters interacting where you're thinking about maybe in the beginning you're like how or why are these folks coming together but they're sort of the interactions are interesting and kind of intriguing. What have your thoughts been on the interactions between these two highly charismatic characters? Well, PT, let me talk to you. Yeah. yeah. Love LA Knight, okay? Love this guy. I cannot stand the fact that this guy has been uh, put into uh, such a silly opening gimmick such as Max Dupree, although I loved it because he was just doing it so well. Whenever you compare it to LA Knight, you know, gotta do, you know, LA Knight. Um he he's just so charismatic, so funny, such a heel. He's just a guy that you need to have in a huge story. And I feel that he has been put into a situation where maybe there's nothing for him because he has come into the company. He's had a 
small role in Max Dupree, which then evolved back into LA Knight, which he was in NXT. Um, and then you have nobody of the stature that can keep up with him available at the time. Because, well, you can't put him against the bloodline. He's not there yet. But everybody else who's available or big enough or a talking piece, or a mouthpiece rather, is already involved with the bloodline in some way or another. So how else do you do this? Well, somebody else has come back into the company, needs somebody to sort of uh, work off. Is he also a mouthpiece? Yes, he is. So you have these two guys go at each other. Um, I think mostly because you don't have anything for either of them. I think almost to that last point about maybe not having specifically anything for either one of them, a pairing between the two is intriguingly interesting as I'm kind of, kind of vaguely putting it. As aforementioned, these sort of diametrically opposed personalities, the very loud and boisterous LA Knight, who again is very charismatic in his own when folks are, when he grabs a mic, folks are interested. The whole notion of uh, he's going to open up a promo, let me talk to you. And then, of course, throwing in a couple of, uh, yeah, and then ending, yeah. you know, where you get that there's a handful of, especially sort of at the end when folks are getting into it and, and that call and response. So it's very interesting personality folks kind of want to see. And yeah. then the complete juxtaposition of a different charismatic person. And you brought up in the past about the nature of sort of a Jake the Snake Roberts, very calm, very cool, calculated, speaking in a soft tone. We're not getting that big 80s, big sweaty fat man, John Tenta earthquake shouty promo. It's very, very different. I'm going to draw you in with, with my calm demeanor and you're going to listen to the verbiage because it may be some, some things that you're, you know, I want, I kind of want to listen. I want to get engaged, but in a different manner to that of LA Knight. So the nature of folks being interested and wanting to listen to these two guys, but then them being put together, very interesting pairing. When you mentioned that, do we put LA Knight against kind of the bloodline or something like that? He's a very intriguing character where we're really introducing him sort of freshly to the SmackDown landscape, especially in this LA Knight character. He can... Cut a promo or get you engaged. Doesn't have to be a long one. He's just going to say say his piece. Here's what I'm going to do type of thing. Let me talk to you a couple of years and, and kind of wind it down. We don't need... Shoes of a champion. Shoes of a champion. We don't need a, a long piece, but... And then we can have the nature of Bray who can, who can speak a little longer and kind of keep you captivated and, and kind of keep this mystery piece. Where I'm going with this is maybe it was... We didn't know exactly what to do with the LA Knight piece. Here's a strong talker. Bray's back. Here's another strong talker. We can maybe do a little something different. Give each guy something to do, but we can kind of have these interesting interactions. So the pairing may seem odd, but it's intriguing nonetheless. It is, it is intriguing to the point of I'm enjoying their interactions so far. Um, I was a bit worried when we had the same thing happen to LA Knight. You know, he got lynched and then he got lynched again. 
and then you know we're having this sort of interaction uh, i was worried that we were going to spin our wheels too much um I am interested to see where it goes. I'm just very, uh, what's the word? I'm very mm, tempered. I was going to say cautious. For, for now. Yeah, but, uh, cautious is, is a good word. I'm, but I'm, uh, whereas Rob Fee's tweet, like I said earlier, I've got my reactions up. I need to temper those reactions now and bring them back down and be like, Ooh, woosa kind of thing. You know, let's, let's make sure that I like both of these guys. I'm a, big LA night fan you know he's he's just been so good i am a good i'm a i'm a fan of uh, of bray wyatt and his potential i i just need them not to drop the ball creatively and hopefully get these two into um a little bit of an acceleration let's put the foot on the gas pedal boys yeah it's a very interesting notion for the two for sure and kind of in looking at this with a little bit of a microscope, the nature of LA Knight himself having a little bit of similarities in terms of the arc in Bray's return as well as LA Knight's return. We saw the person come up as Max Dupree earlier in the year around May and June and have that whole piece there. And then we see the Max character ends his relationship with the Maximum Male Models on September 30th episode of SmackDown. Then the following week, he beats down a Masse and a Mansoir and reverted to his L.A. Knight persona. And actually, interestingly enough, Knight has had two televised matches since returning to that said pro to that rather persona. Defeated a Mansoir on October 14 and defeats Ricochet on October 28. Two weeks later, been a house show or to thrown in there, but only two televised matches. So much in the vein of a Bray. Similarly, the majority of his television time has been on the mic and just been as a presence as opposed to being sort of a, a workhorse uh, wrestler. So, and since his connection or sort of pairing, if you were in with Bray in mid November, it's just been promo after promo and interaction. So much like you said, we are interested in how this is going to play out. But if I'm going to remain interested, I'll throw it over to you. Where do we see this going is really kind of what it boils down to. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's really interesting because... I said it before about Bray, you need to keep him away from the title. We have a, a really good, the title, a title, any title. And we have a really good sort of um, story here where you can build up to a point of this is going to reek of, of Joker's fantasy booking, but that is essentially what I do. Um, Joker's fantasy booking is we need to see LA Knight Tran now unmask this Uncle Howdy. Find out who Uncle Howdy is, um, but then be stopped by Bray. Only for Bray to actually call him out in physical fisticuffs, as it were, uh, as opposed to microphone fisticuffs, as we've kind of been uh we've kind of been seeing. So 
I want to see a match between Bray and LA in the new year. If not ne- next week, I think next week's uh, SmackDown is taped. I'm not sure there's a match on that card. So maybe the 30th December, uh, we might see something uh, happen with, uh, with Bray and LA. And then hopefully have um, some progress towards um, the resolution to the story. I don't feel like this is a really long sort of story that we need to hang on to. We need to set up Bray. And even though I, I even though I like LA, I feel like we need to set up Bray in, in a more, ur, you know, in a, in a bit more urgency because LA feels like he can take the hit and bounce back because of his quick wit and supreme mic skills. Whereas I feel like Bray has to have this mystique, this aura, this sense of dread around him that no one wants to touch him. Uh, but he has he he goes after you. Like I, I feel like that's how we need to set Bray up. He becomes the specter of SmackDown, that he um wants to start to infect everything. Like Uncle Howdy unleashes Bray. Right? And then we have um then we have the superheroes come after Bray and stop him and take him down only for Bray to go away and come back doing something a little bit different yet again. That's long-term story time. So for these guys, I fully expect them to be done by Royal Rumble slash halfway through February. I don't see this being too long. There will probably be about another six weeks of this um, with maybe a week where we don't see anything. Um, I just hope we kind of get it. I just hope that's about the limit. I don't think we need to take any longer than that. If we do take any longer than that, there has to be some special circumstances, like we see more members of the Wyatt Six be released. Um, maybe LA Knight uh, sort of brings in somebody else to help him with uh, uh, help him with you know Bray Wyatt and, and Uncle Howdy and all this here nonsense. I don't. I'm so jumbled in this because I like both of these guys and I really want to see both of them pushed and I really want to see one kind of get his character developed and I really want to see more of the other one. Like, I really want to see a lot more of LA Knight. I think he's fantastic and an absolute mouthpiece. And um, if I have to listen to promos by him or by Dominic Mysterio, then I would rather listen to LA Knight. Harm, Dominic. You're not on LA Knight's, you know, radar when it comes to this kind of thing. Um, so it's just one of those things we have to get it right Um, taking our time is not the thing to do with these two guys because you've already taken too long to get them to where they are I'm gonna be in the vein of agreeance with you that I feel like this is sort of a shorter term storyline sort of a means to an end if you will Mm. the idea that Almost like, well, okay, we got these two guys. They can have promos with one another. Let's put them together. A couple more weeks of things. We'll end in a match and then sort of, all right, and wipe the hands and on to the next. So I feel like we're maybe in a bit of a holding pattern until we figure out exactly what the next thing Bray is going to tackle. What that is exactly, who knows for sure. Most likely another baby face on SmackDown. 
Who's a baby face? Drew McIntyre. Does that work? I don't know. Maybe. Could they make it work? Sure. There could be something. I don't know. But it'd be good to keep him away from the title for a wee while as well, actually. I yeah. think Drew McIntyre would be a good show. We're most likely, like you said, just maybe in a bit of a holding pattern until we figure out what's the next for Bray. So, but yeah, like I mentioned, shorter. I don't see this dragon on till Mania type of thing. We'll get we'll get a one match. Feel like Bray will go over, and we'll part ways, and we'll see where we go from that. So, hopefully, that's something, and we can maybe not have the fans be fickle, and hopefully, not turn on. One or the other or both. So I'm going to introduce a bit of chaos theory and something that, you know, we don't need to explore right now. We don't need, you know, I, I'm going to introduce this out into the world and then I'm going to not answer any questions. What if we're in a holding pattern for Bray Wyatt because we need to get through this section of the bloodline storyline so that we can pit Ray, Bray Wyatt versus Roman Reigns? Good for thought. Don't ask me any questions about it because it's dangerous and we don't want that in our lives, but please don't do it. We'll let you simmer on that for a minute. But those were our thoughts and ideas and notions on the journey of Bray Wyatt's return. Story so far, the expectations versus reality, his interactions with LA Knight, and what's maybe going to happen and how it will turn out. You agreed or disagreed? Let us know down in the comment section below on YouTube or hit us up on Twitter or Instagram and let us know what your thoughts are on the return of Bray Wyatt. All right, time for some quick hits. For those of the newer listeners and watchers, quick hits are little segments that happen throughout the week that we really enjoyed and that we wanted to share that we may not have gotten an opportunity to touch on or discuss any full-fledged topic, the really enjoying moments are sort of the Pop the Boys segments that happen throughout the week. So I actually have one from this week, so I'll start us off here. This comes from Monday Night Raw. This is a backstage segment with Kathy Kelly interviewing Kevin Owens about the bloodline, what they did to Matt Riddle the previous week. Before Kevin can answer, Kathy Elias comes in and interrupts. Elias has a match with Solo Sokoa and asks if he can count on Kevin to back him up. Kevin, looking befuddled, is confused. Kevin says, you think I forgot what you did to me earlier this year? The months of mental torment Elias put Kevin through? And it's at this point as I turn to Kathy Kelly, who's standing between both men. As Kevin addresses Elias, Kathy shifts positions and body language, as if to say, you know what, Kevin? You are right. When Elias says that that was his brother Ezekiel, Kathy shakes her head in disapproval. Kevin says, let's pretend that I do believe it was Ezekiel. Kathy nods her head and gives Elias the death stare, which I absolutely lost it when she did that. As Kevin regales us with what transpired, Kathy is nodding along, affirming Kevin's side of the story. And after Elias says, I need you out there, Kathy, Kevin, and Elias spend 10 or so seconds trading looks with one another or ending the segment without saying a word. 
This was absolutely fantastic and phenomenal. Kathy Kelly herself has always brought a strong presence to interviews. She, alongside Renee Paquette, they both have this quick reaction to add a comment or a quick question, or in this case, uh, an expression that reminds me so much of what Mean Gene Okerlund used to do in his interviews. It's kind of those little things that you can add to an interview segment and can make so much more for the talent involved. Much like commentary, the nature of an interview is to get the talent over. And I think Kathy does a really, really wonderful job of adding these little pieces and augmenting an interview that can make it fun and without taking too much away or anything away from the talent and elevate an interview that could have been an otherwise throwaway segment, which was just really, really fun. So kudos to Kathy, Kevin, and Elias in the segment. Just really just fun and just cheers to everybody all around. Yeah. Long term long term listeners will probably realize that I do I did like the Ezekiel storyline. I'm glad it's gone, but I liked the Ezekiel storyline for the fact that Kevin Owens played it so well. And the fact that there was the callback to the Ezekiel and Elias was playing in on it. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't stop but giggling at it. Just Kevin, you, you played this so well yet again. And the fact that he walked off stage and then came back on and just, you know, kind of said nothing, just kind of like, someone, ah, and then walked off again. Uh, that, that's the bit that got me in this segment. I thought it was just really, really good. Yeah, that last little ending bit where the three of them are just kind of looking at each other, like a thing. Kevin and Elias look at e- each other, and then they both look at Kathy, and she's like, ah, "Okay." <laughs> they they did so much without saying anything, and a lot of that time is emoting the emotion and kind of giving so much without having to do anything. Is wonderful presentation and wonderful acting, and I think these, like I mentioned, the three of these people just hit the home run with the segment which, again, could have been just a throwaway piece in uh, just a three-hour show. Yeah, 100%. All right, so that was my quick hit for this week. Joker, do you have a quick hit you'd like to share? I do. I know it's been a few weeks that um, since I have had one, um, but we all know what it is, PT. It's more entry into the saga of the bloodline. More specifically, what happened this past uh, this past Friday night on SmackDown? I know there have been uh, little bits and pieces uh, throughout the last couple of weeks since War Games. We are going to uh, sort of have that there. You can enjoy that in your own time, mostly because I really enjoyed what happened tonight or last night on SmackDown. Now, at the time of recording on Friday night here, so since War Games, I have had in my mind that there is going to be some tasty, juicy betrayal angle. I love me a betrayal angle. Love to see it. So continue keeping that in your head while we go through this. We get into SmackDown. We see Jimmy and Jay and Sammy are all talking backstage. You know, Sammy got that fresh cut from, uh, from Jay's barber, and that was, all, that was all fantastic. He has this top bun. Obviously, didn't want to get the haircut. Uh, has this top bun that looks massive you know as a man without you know hair that is follically challenged on the top of his head i was very jealous 
Um, so Sammy ends up walking off after their conversation, and uh, Jimmy's a wee bit skeptical of Jay. Like, what are you doing? Are you setting him up? Like, are you have you talked to Roman specifically about what is going to happen? Because he doesn't think that he's going to be made tonight. You know, maybe a bit, maybe a bit like mafioso style. He's going to make him a made man and in a member of the family. I really, I really love the term. You know, I don't think he's going to make him tonight. You know that that, that sort of conversation piece. Um, and Jay's just like, no, 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 it's all fine. Don't worry, it's all going to be fine. And in my head, I'm like, Jay still doesn't trust him. You know, alarm bells. Anyway, Jimmy goes to the big table headus and asks what he has planned. This is later on in SmackDown and just kind of looks at him and goes, hey, come on, what, what have you got? You're a big grin on his face and Jimmy just trying to find out what's going on. It tells him that Sammy is his dog. That, you know, that, that Sammy Uso is his dog. But he loves his family. And he loves the head of the Uso Rangers. Roman Reigns, the head of the table, the big dog. He loves this family, and whatever he has planned, that's fine with him. When Jimmy leaves, Roman, Roman turns to the wisest of men and gets him to summon Scrap Daddy, capital P, Mr. Pierce, which, which the wise man really tries to punctuate the P in Pierce uh, for the rest of these segments. When we come back from the break, Scrap Daddy walks in and goes, Gentlemen, I've been summoned. Um, and uh, gets told by the wisest of wise men, saved his job. He's given him the biggest tag match on free TV. Mr. Roman Reigns and Sammy Uso versus Kevin Owens, a partner of his choosing. This is fantastic news. We skip forward to the, the the head of the table coming out to the ring in Chicago. And after Roman gets the Chicagoans, who he was just bad-mouthing like 10 minutes ago, in the backstage to acknowledge him, and they lose their minds, which, you know, Chicago, it sounds about right. You know, double standards here, boys. Roman Reigns does not care. You will acknowledge him, even though he has bad-mouthed you. He starts talking to Sammy after giving him a big hug after ever seeing after seeing the boys he hasn't seen since War Games. Now he's addressing the Kevin Owens problem. And Sammy eventually lets a slip of the tongue saying, I am his only friend, referring to Kevin Owens. And he kind of just that typical Roman looking at the you know straight ahead going, excuse me, what did I just hear? Much akin to the uh Jay uh, faux pas a few weeks ago saying, I don't give a damn what the tribal chief said. Yes, well, Mr. Sammy is in backpedaled real hard. And he was, uh, you know, he meant to say that he was his friend. He's not anymore. Now he's trying to backpedal here super quick. You can see the tire treads. And while he is doing that, Mr. Peacemaker himself turns up on the Tron. And starts pretending like he's John Cena, the 16-time world champion, a master of not being able to be seen. But we can clearly see him on the big tron. Starts reading out this text message from none other than his good friend, Kevin Owens, which, that's a bit strange. If you know their history, you know their history. That was the funniest part for John Cena's sort of entrance for me. 
And then it's the fact that he reads this out and says that, yes, he will indeed be Kevin Owens' partner on December 30th, 2022, so that he can keep his 20-year streak of having a wrestling match in WWE every year still alive. And as the fact that he's leaving, we see Sammy in the background just losing his mind, shaking his head, cracking up. And we see the, the tribal chief having a bit of a chuckle going, this is just going to be too easy. The episode ends. And where I thought there was going to be betrayal angles, we now have something completely random and blown apart. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is how you distract someone who wants something and you give them something that they didn't know they ever wanted. Kevin Owens and John Cena on one side, Roman Reigns and Sami Uso on the other side. This, is a, this has a recipe for disaster. I cannot wait for this match to happen. The audacity of the man himself who cannot be seen. Mr. John Chenna coming in, get, trying to get himself over and put himself in the spotlight and trying to get the rub, if you will, Sammy Uso, how dare he? That's come in, all he wants. Try to be, try to get some popularity and get some fans. This no-name character trying to come in. This uh, old, old guy, this legend, if you will, trying to steal a spot from the young and upcoming talent. Interesting. Makes me think of a piece that we said earlier in the show. A little, uh, little jingle keys. Hey, ooh, hey, over here. Oh, okay, all right. I'm... Nope. Okay, let's roll with it. So, interesting piece. I don't think a lot of folks would even consider John. I know that there was an announcement a week or two ago saying like, hey, John's just going to show up on SmackDown or whatever. And what an interesting piece to kind of make it and kind of give the fans a little extra. So, there you go. Like you said, two hot sort of feuds coming into it. We had the nature of Sammy and Kevin which have had their history dating all the way back to the early 2000s, and Roman and John, who have had some run-ins as well. So, I don't know, should be very, very interesting. And how Sammy sort of proves himself yet again and continues to prove himself alongside the head of the table, the big dog, etc., etc., Roman Reigns. Yeah, I feel like the best kind of storyline that's even coming out of this is actually the interactions between John and Kevin Owens. Because as we all remember, some of us here are, you know, maybe that way, uh, maybe that way remembering, uh, John Cena was the first match on the main roster that KO had. As KO was the NXT champion and John Cena was the US champion, he was doing his whole US title open challenge. Um, and they had plenty of run-ins, you know, after that. They have never been best of friends, which is what I was like, are you sure? Are you sure this is what you know he actually sent you? I love I love John Cena. Uh now that he's no longer around as much. Um, because he gets to be a caricature of himself. And whenever he came back years ago to do his uh Doctor of Thugonomics shtick at um at WrestleMania, I popped big for that. I loved it, I thought it was fantastic. And every time he has come back, most recently was with Bray Wyatt, actually, in 20, 
20 whenever they did the wrestlemania uh cinematic match um well big time was because he did he did do a match in 2021 obviously to keep his streak alive yeah i think but, with um, roman if i'm not mistaken right maybe yeah, yeah yeah but like the it was i think it was his best performance was in that 2020 brave cinematic match just because i thought it was hilarious like him going through all his personas all these other people's personas, I thought it was fantastic. So to see John Cena come back, embrace the stupidity of what he used to be, um, and maybe insert some of his own new character work that he's found, this could be a lot of fun, and I can see him getting a huge pop, positive or negative, I don't care. It's going to be a big pop for John Cena, and it's just going to be a super cool match to see, uh, to round out the 2022. Nice little nostalgia trip and kind of just have a fun match to wind down the year appropriate. So, yeah, like you mentioned, something that you maybe didn't expect, but now you're interested in seeing. So I'm okay for it. But, yeah, uh, kudos. Uh, yeah, enjoy whenever there's a little bit of a, a little Sammy just playing it up. And anytime we get some bloodline stuff going on, you know, I'm down for that, too. So I uh, appreciate you. appreciate you sharing that. So those were our quick hits for this week. If you have some quick hits that you'd like to share, something that you enjoyed from this week in professional wrestling, let us know down in the comments section below on YouTube or hit us up on Twitter, Instagram. Let us know what you enjoyed in this particular week in pro wrestling. All right, so that about wraps it up for us. Joker, how was that for you? Because this was another very, very interesting and fun conversation. Yeah, it's one of those that um, I like. I like figuring out if I enjoy a, a story a couple of weeks out. You know, I, I love talking retroactively about points where we we were and points where we got, uh, points where we got to. Like, I like to revisit things and see if it's still hitting the scene for me. So this was really really fun to see. Yeah, uh, to see that we uh, we kind of had the same thought process. We still we we like to talk about this sort of thing and. Yeah, it was still super fun. It's an interesting piece to talk about sort of retroactively. When I've noticed we've kind of followed along the nature of what we talked about today and the whole kind of Bray storyline so that we can look back a little bit and look at it uh, slightly with hindsight. And now we can kind of see where we are and kind of where we're going. So very interesting combination for the two. And like we mentioned in the show proper, I feel like it's going to lead to some if nothing else we have some uh, fun promos a little back and forth with these guys so i'm for it you're for it and like we mentioned we're kind of wanting to see how this plays out so heck yeah I'm, I'm down it's something i didn't realize that i wanted to see but now that we got it i'm for it 100 percent in the same like it, it's the best kinds of things that you don't expect to happen or the things that you didn't realize you could live without for example, Sami Zayn has been the high part of 2022, in my opinion, in the wrestling world, WWE especially, where he had a fantastic match at WrestleMania. If you disagree, you're wrong. Sorry, I don't make the rules, except I do in this part. He had a fantastic match because it did what it said in the tin. It was meant to be entertaining, and it was entertaining. It wasn't supposed to be a technical marvel, but it was a marvel in itself. And that was him being the conspiracy theorist. And I was like, I'm done with Sami Zayn here. Get rid of this character. I don't want it. 
And then he kind of got in, got in with the Johnny Knoxville. He got himself situated in a, in a sort of Hollywood storyline there. That was fun. Got that over and done with. And then I didn't realize I needed him in the Bloodline segment. And he has been the bright spot of that particular segment for months for me. And for yourself. So yeah, whenever you don't realize that you, you want something and you've been given something, how have we managed to live without this for so long? Sometimes you don't know you like something until you're presented with it and realize that you really enjoy it, something you didn't know. So we hope, much, much like ourselves, you folks have found something as we wind down this year here that you enjoyed and you can hold on to and looking forward to sort of what's kind of coming up next before we fully ru run out of the episode here. We'd like to wish you a happy holiday season as we wind down here with the multitude of holidays coming up. So if you are spending time with friends and loved one, we hope you enjoy yourselves and just be good to yourself as well and have a, have a wonderful holiday season. So for TF Joker. Got a confession. I've always been able to see you, John Cena. And for me, Pretty Tony, we thank you for your time, letting us be a part of your day, and remember, be good to yourself, be good to each other, and we'll catch you next time. Peace.